Welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. This is your host, Scott Wilson. Michael Drury, welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. Kia ora, Scott. Thank you. It's great to be here and uh, be part of uh, this uh, this um, uh, hui. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's going to be a great chat because one thing is you're a marketer, right? And it's not often you get to talk yeah. to marketers who, yeah, you know, we've had some good conversations over the years around direct yep. response marketing. Yep. Um, so so I want to go into that because I think uh, even in today's world, direct response and direct marketing probably even sometimes have more of a place in the marketplace. Um, but I wanted to list off the people that I, or the, the, the companies that have, you've worked for, New Zealand Herald, Mazda, Telecom, which is now Spark, yep. Westpac, NZ Post, Australia Post. Yep. And, and now you've got your own consultancy and also doing stuff at the UC. So yeah. Yep. That's pretty cool. So where did it all start for you? What's, what's well, your journey look like? So here's the thing. I, I, years and years ago, I was, um, you know, thinking what to do with my life. And I yep. went to university in the Waikato and, uh, and I was struggling along trying to figure out, you know, the pathway. And like a lot of young people, you know, there was really the, the traditional law, medical, um, you know, business wasn't so much, but it was yep. very much those academic kind of su- subjects. Yeah. While I was at, uh, at, that, um, at that time, I started reading a book and it, and it just came out of nowhere. I was in the, li- the, the uni library and I picked up this book and it was a book by David Ogilvy of, oh, wow. um, who wrote yeah, Confessions yeah. of an Ad Man so good. and of Advertising Man. <clears throat> Anyway, it got me really inspired about this thing called advertising, which yeah. I hadn't really thought of as a career choice, but um, it, it suddenly tickled my interest of, uh, you know, what could I do with my life that, that would be use, useful and, and meaningful. And I thought, you know, I really enjoy the power of communication, the market research. He was he was really the original madman, oh, as seriously. we know. You, you know, he was... A, he was Puerto Rico, right? He yeah, yeah. He was the man behind the whole economy of Puerto Rico. He really? Yeah, yeah. The, the, he wrote a series of letters that got investors investing into Puerto Rico. Yep. And and he, he created <laughs> that advertising campaign. Well, and it was all through, you know, knowing your market, yeah. using traditional means of, of yep. knowing your audience and and, and and writing to them and all, the, all that. And that's what inspired me because he was, yeah. he, you know, the book was written in 1963, but it was all about, you know, what could he do to, uh, you know, to really use um, scientific advertising and, yeah. and market research and, that, and those things. So he was one of the forerunners and it kind of got me inspired. So when I moved from Hamilton to Auckland, uh, I, I enrolled at Auckland University enrolled back into um, law again. Cool. And then that year, there was a lot of unemployed lawyers graduating <laughs> and, and there were no jobs. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll apply for for, for, um, for a job. And I went, uh, I applied for the Auckland Star, funnily enough. And that was the that was a kind of the, the, the draw card, if you like, uh, in, in Auckland for media. Um, and they were looking for young people to work in the advertising department. I thought, great, I'll go and try that. Easy peasy. Well, it didn't work out for that one. But I, at the same time, the New Zealand Herald, much bigger paper, um, um, still around now, of course, and uh, and they were looking for advertising cadets, and these were like a training uh, um, role where you got in and you learnt your way through the newspaper. Cool. And uh, they wanted editorial and advertising. And initially I thought, oh, I'd like to be an editorial. I'll give that a go. But that was actually um, a bit harder to get into. And I thought, well, maybe advertising will be the go, yeah. of course. And uh, and I applied and got in. And and, uh, and that was my, that kick-started my journey because it really, they taught me so much about the fundamentals. And whilst I was with them, uh, they taught me about salesmanship. They taught yeah. me about, uh, you know, looking after your customers. They talked about 
about the craft of advertising. And most of it in those days was very much um, ink on paper. Yeah. So it was a traditional newspaper, but it had the biggest circulation in the country. And at the same time, they put me through the educational course at um, what is now AUT, which was cool. um, uh, the advertising um, uh, diploma. And that was a four-year part-time course. So I, I think at that time I was about 19. So between that and for the next three years, I studied advertising, had some of the best legends of advertising in, in, the, yeah. in, in Auckland particularly who came in and taught you know, the fundamentals. And that was copy, mostly traditional kind of media, um, press, radio, television. But it was a great way to start and yeah. start the journey. And so I worked there for four years, uh, did a lot of work around um, – uh, portfolio management yep. in terms of customers and really got to know how newspapers worked. Um, <clears throat> but I was hungry to, to, to learn more. And so um, uh, I think it was, oh, it was the early 80s anyway, I got um, approached by a publishing company yep. in Auckland called Associated Group Media and they produced uh, publications you may know like Urbis okay, and some yep. of those. So so they wanted someone to head up the advertising department of three or one publication they were about to launch, which happened to be <coughs> New Zealand's first glossy computer journal. Oh, wow. And uh, and that was as ad manager. And um, I, had, I, got on, I, I got in and got that and, as well as two other magazines. So I think by the age of about 21, 22, I was um, ad manager of about three magazines. And when you say ad manager, what, what was your role there? Were you charged with, hey, you need to generate so many... Well, it was business and yeah, very, very sales focused, but also <clears throat> there was a creative element to it. Although we okay. had our own in, in-house designers, and I mean, it, it, it's kind of like a little mini ad agency with yep. with the at the end result being a publication. Um, and so the new magazine was called Interface, and it was supported by the Computer Society at the time, wow. and it had. I mean, it was a really good magazine in principle, but we had to make it reality yeah. and we had to make it profitable. So yeah, yeah. the job was to go out. And so I was out talking to the, you know, the Wangs, if you like, I remember those names, yeah. Burroughs Computer, Link Computers, wow. IBM. And they were our first advertisers. And, and it was really sales and uh, oversight so of back, these publication back, brands. Back then, those brands, hmm. so what were they trying to target? Were they trying to target uh, B2B relationships? Very, yeah, selling? very much. Because yeah. the audience that were reading this, it was very much kind of like an enhanced trade magazine. Yes. So the trade publications were quite big big in those days. Yeah. And and they were, um, you know, so I had one that was the the computer journal. We had an electronics one. Mm. And we had a um, what we called automation and control, which would be oh, wow. robotics, I guess, yeah. today. Um, and it was very, um, interesting, but but an area I had very little experience yeah. in. But I worked very closely with our editorial team, and they were like the gurus of knowledge and tech. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was an exciting and, and interesting time because we were really um, starting something new. We were trying to build a, a masthead and and get a get an audience. And the advertisers were reaching out to other businesses, so yeah. that was the yeah. inspiration to, to get involved. And then we started to, in, to start branching out into other things like managing uh, some of those advertisers as clients of it, uh, like we we're an ad agency. Yes. And then we would start to look at um, how to create um, uh, uh, you know, branded stories, events, um, uh, uh, what do you call them, inserts, all yeah. sorts of different things that, you know, this is pre-internet, by the yeah, way. Totally. So, so we were yeah. pretty old school, traditional. <laughs> but it was the thing that I guess I learned out of the whole experience uh, was how 
you know, you work on the adrenaline of deadlines. You know, yeah. you work on the adrenaline of, um, you know, uh, cold calling, having yeah. to really build up a, um, a base. And a lot of it was out and about traveling to clients who were in Auckland mostly, yeah. but then there were a lot in Wellington. We had, um, uh, you know, we were doing a lot on the phone. It was a lot of meet and greets and networking yeah. things. Um, but we didn't really treat it as professionally as we do today, but it was very much, you know, the, that sort of B2B kind of yeah. um, in, environment. So I, I was with that company for about two and a half years nice. and uh, really got a lot out of it and yeah. learned a lot. Um, but it was a pressure of all those deadlines that I remember most and the and the fun times, yeah. if you like, yeah. as well as, you know, the stress levels of trying to... Where do you see, like, you know, advertising back in the day there? Yeah. Uh, where do you see how how much of it has changed, or how much have you seen it change? Yeah, it's it's changed dramatically, and I mean, it's not just that we have more choice of channels, and yeah. uh, you know, so we've got a bit more sophisticated. I think my my thinking is that people fundamentally are very much the same. I mean, they don't the motives of why we do things are not so different back no. then from the David Ogilvy days, uh, Rossa Reeves days, who came up with USPs and other sort of terms. I mean, these are these these motives are still very mm. similar, and even if you go back to Dale Carnegie and Napoleon Hill, yeah. we, we we haven't moved so far in that. What we have learned, I think, is the ability to leverage uh, tools like yes. um, you know, like the automation side of it, yeah. or the um, you know, uh, well, we've got AI, of course, coming in, and there's a huge leap now in terms of you know what can what can these tools do for yeah. marketing that we couldn't do before. Yeah. Um, so back in those days. Yeah, and I'm you know thinking 30, 40 years ago, yeah. it was very much, well, you had a budget, you had to get out there and sell, sell, sell. Mm. And it was very much around, the relationships weren't quite so yeah. um, talked about, yeah. um, but it was important to have good relationships with the agencies, with the advertisers, mm. with the suppliers, with the readers and yeah. the audience. So I, I think to your question, today, you know, we, we have moved a long way, but I think that in my uh, concern is that we've sometimes lost yeah. the awareness of the importance of some of those values yeah. from back then. Yeah. And uh, when I say values, it's it's about how we instead of treat people as clicks or as uh, as, as uh, eyeballs, we, mm. ne we we need to think of them as human beings with yes. more than just personas, but with real yeah. substance and depth of yeah. what motivates them to do what they do. But the fundamentals of good copywriting, good ad design, good um, headlines, yeah. that hasn't changed a lot. Um, it's just that we've had to really maybe um, short shortcut, um, yeah. you know, in terms of how we uh, process information yeah. nowadays, think, given the reliance on uh, screens. Yeah, I think also like what's happened is because technology's come along, and but people have become distracted, right? So, yeah, yeah. So if you don't have automation working True. for you, yep. uh, and you're not following up, because yep. I think the sales process has become a lot, well, it's become disjointed and yeah. longer. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so you need to have that automation. You need to have follow-up. You need to have oh. retargeting happening because yeah. people, like one minute they're looking at your stuff and next yeah. minute they're going to text from a mate yeah. And, yeah. Or, or something else happens. Yeah. And so that, that whole... Uh, the whole world there has become a lot, uh, I guess, you know, disjointed and disruptive. Yeah, so, yeah. so, well, it's it's, it's yeah, absolutely right, and it's also much more 
sophisticated as well, or or, or at least complicated. Um, and when I say that, it's it's like you know back in the day, and 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 I'll bleep forward a few a, a job or two, and when I worked for Mazda, mm. um, and I dealt with a lot of the dealerships, and and my responsibility uh, working there was to um, support our dealer network. Mm. We had about sixty of them uh, back then, and you know trying to help them actually make more sales. And yeah. one of the lessons I learned is that boy, they were doing it the old-fashioned way, but it worked for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were collecting information on little cards. They were yeah. writing it, you know, manually writing it. There was no sophisticated databases, yeah. but they knew the names, the addresses, the, yeah. the sale dates, the uh, repurchased uh, cycles. They had yeah. they had a system, you know, and I guess coming back to today's, we've automated and processed yeah. a lot of that into market automation or marketing automation. In, in that day, it was the same thing, except it was just manually done. Yeah. And uh, one or two of the um, sales uh, people I dealt with were just superstars, and they would, they could, you know, they could talk the the, the back legs off yeah. a, of a of a of a of a horse. They really were amazing. And, then, yeah. and in fact, there was one guy at New Zealand Herald exactly the same, and he was he was in his seventies, and he was still out there, but he he was so energized, yeah. but he had a system. And I always think those um, people that I that inspired me. Mm had sort of systems, even if it was just for them, but they knew how to how to evolve the uh, a process that was yeah. um, you know that, that that did follow up that knew that sweet spot of when people were about yeah. to purchase or buy, yeah. and you know when you learn the fundamentals of um, of sales sales. Uh, salesship, I suppose. It yeah. used to be salesmanship, but yeah. now it's salespersonship. It's salespersonship. It, it was, um, you know, it was very much, you know, have a system, you know, follow up and, you know, uh, keep your promises. There were all these yeah. values that I still maintain today because oh. I think, you know, they are the little things that make a big difference when yeah. it comes to, uh, you know, whether you're in real estate or or you're selling cars yeah. or you're selling curtains or yeah. or anything. It's It's the little things that people don't often expect but you do it because you know you know the value of yeah. of that exchange and yeah. that trans transaction yeah I, i'm a massive believer in that i've got a saying small hinges swing big doors and yeah, yeah. you yeah. know it's always the little things that you can do yeah. that can make a big difference and and people are always trying to look for a hit that home run but really yeah. you don't need to hit home runs you need no. you do the small things often and do them well you know? yeah and it, it is and it's a, it's a, it's a you know it's a journey not a not a marathon you know it's it's yeah. oh, sorry it's a marathon not a not a sprint i think also so in marketing, some of it, the, yeah. the fundamentals have been lost. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, I, I look at this all the time, and, and we, we get people come to us, and they'll say, "Why, why didn't this campaign work?" And then we'll, we'll look at it, you know, and you know, the company that maybe they've dealt with yeah. has gone to the tactic first without yeah. understanding the strategy. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. The strategy is so key, and yeah. I and I entirely uh, agree that you know you've got to start with that that you know the why question, yeah. you know, and and the and the and the objective and the goal, and then look at well, okay, how do we start to achieve that through yeah. The, the you know the incremental steps. So building up the magazine I mentioned mm. before. I mean we we had to we okay we had an advantage we had a ready made audience, but we also had to build on that and grow the audience yeah. and develop the, the relationships with the advertisers and with the um, if you like the sponsor being the computer society yeah. and all those stakeholders were absolutely key. And we we utilized I guess you know a, a reasonably sophisticated way of doing it mm. even even if we didn't have all the tools we have yeah. today. And I was quite proud of how we you know we moved the on the value that was built into that brand and then into the automotive uh, space, the same sort of thing where we were competing in an ultra competitive yeah. environment. Um, but that was that was the time when I had my first experience of um, targeted data, uh, data led marketing. Yes. And, and it really, I learned yeah, so yeah. much through that. Yeah. And, and the story behind it is that 
um, back in the early 80s, mid 80s. Um, the market is, was similar to today. It was very competitive. Mm. We had, um, the problem is that most of the car brands, uh, Nissan, Honda, uh, Honda, Holden, Ford, and Toyota all had unsold stock, and we were the same, and mostly in the commercial vehicle yep. sector. So our problem was that we had all this um, unsold stock sitting in the fields. It was coming off the ships, It was, it, and we didn't have a um, demand um, yeah. coming in from the dealerships. And we could have spent a lot of money going out and advertising, but we thought, well, who's our audience for these things? Yeah. Business and rural. And that was what got us thinking. We need to start focusing on small businesses in the rural market and uh, how are we going to do it? And back then, uh, you know, this this whole area of using lists to um, uh, um, prospect yeah. uh, for customers was fairly new. Not many people had done it, certainly not in the automotive space. It was yeah. all very much um, high-level brand stuff and newspapers and radio, television. So we we thought we would do something a bit, um, bit more clever. Um, we spent a lot of time researching who our, our audience we did a bit of um, market intel uh, research, qualitative research up front. Then we started to look at, um, you know, what were the motives and drivers of getting them excited. And, and back then it was, <laughs> as it might be today, uh, the, the, the cost of fuel. Yeah, yeah. So we um, we offered a, an incentive, which was basically a, a, a um, uh, I think it was 500 litres of uh, diesel or petrol, depending on which which version they bought. And it was, a, it was one of these utes, um, the, B, the awesome. B series that we had. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then it was my job to manage this program, which is why I'm quite proud of it, because I learned a lot and I dealt with um, experts out, out there, um, including our agency who designed a lot of the collateral. Um, but we, we, we didn't just go out and target that audience um, cold. We did a whole range of things like we used postcards, we used direct mail packs we then had a bit of an incentive for them to come into a dealership to test drive and for doing that the and and if that happened in the uh, and simultaneously, we were we were using a incentive program for the for the dealers. So so every uh, sales rep was uh, registered to go into a um, winter trip to Hawaii, and it was basically fill a plane that to go to Hawaii. So we managed to do that as part of the hook. So what happened is we had a what I call a win-win. You know, the customer won if they came and test drove, and if they purchased, they even got got more. The dealership got more, and so our our it was that perfect kind of closed loop um, yeah. market campaign. And at a time when no one really knew how this stuff was going to work, but we tried it out and we worked to the um, the theories, if you like, of, yeah. of good direct marketing. And our agency was um, very helpful because they were um, an agent. Actually, I think it might have even been Ogilvy at the time. Yeah. So so, th so they they knew the value of this stuff and they yeah. worked very closely. And then we used a merchandise incentive Brilliant. company to help us yeah. do that. So it was a win-win-win. And Look, the, the bottom line, our market share moved from about 1% to 3%, I think, wow. that season. So all I knew is that over six months, we were able to, okay, there was a heavy cost in sending our reps to, to Hawaii and all these prizes and everything. But the the net value was that our relative to our competitors, we actually got um, bottom line um, results. Yeah. And when you think of today, it's all about the results. Uh. You know, that's the... Um, uh, I guess the algorithm that counts, you know, yeah. the the results that um, we got, and 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 you know, and I, I was proud because it was my first real campaign mm. I'd ever done. That was, um, you know, That's when I was awesome. still a, fairly young, and I was still hungry to learn, and I yeah. really got my 
um, eagerness to, to get back in and yeah. start learning more what I, of what I don't know. And I've well, tried cool, to do the same ever since. The cool thing there, firstly, congratulations, that's a great yeah. result. Like, if you break it down, though, yeah. you know, you started with some really good fundamentals. You look mm. at your who, right? You know, yeah, that's right. You, you match the product with the customer. Correct. You know, you didn't try and go after everyone. No. You, you looked at their motivations, which was real key, and then you entered the conversation they were already having. So, you know, if you're looking at marketing today, there are some of the things that you should be doing. Like, yeah. okay, well, who's my customer? Not everyone. Let's dial yeah. that in. Let's yeah. get really clear on that. Absolutely. What are they What are they thinking about? You yep. know, because people were sitting at home and, and or they're sitting at work and there's issues there. There's conversations they're having inside their Correct. head. Yep. The, the beautiful way to do that is to enter it. You entered it with an offer around uh, diesel, which yeah. is, yeah. you know, if you were yeah, well, fuel on the fuel on the back of the ute was, yeah. uh, was a pretty good hook. Yeah. If and, you're and, marketing yeah. today, that's yeah. something that you'd want, yeah. you should be entering that conversation if you're selling cars. Yeah. Um, and then you you motivated the staff. So it wasn't just a win-win, it was a win-win-win. Correct. You know? yeah, and, it was. And, and I think so important today to get to get them to buy in. You know, if you just if you didn't have that incentive, you know, yeah. some people would have bought in, but not yeah. everyone, right? That's right. So you brought everyone in. Yeah, and I and I think the um, you know, the, the right through the company they kind of realized because of how um, you know, significant it was because we didn't actually you know, go out and, and use television or radio and yeah. all those traditional channels. About that. We yeah. did it targeted. It yeah. was addressed um, communication. It was personalized. It was one on one to one, you know, yeah. and it was very um, simple and elegant the way, way we did. We, we used, you know, mail packs and we used um, uh, postcards and we used yeah. really simple devices, but it still works. And, yeah. it, and it worked then and I'm sure it will work today, you know, because mm -hmm. it's, totally. it's, 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 uh, it's a medium that stands out purely because of the personalization and also mm -hmm. the, the, the thinking behind the, yep. the targeting segmentation. Piece. And it will get attention, mm. which is what yeah. you need today. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we, we were one of the first um, car companies or brands in New Zealand to use brokers for mm. instance uh, it was you know fairly fundamental um, data analysis but they helped us to you know to really drive the um, uh, selection of, of yeah. um, prospects that we would we would uh, target um, and we split them into small businesses tradies and plumbers and then on the other side we had um, you know we had uh, the rural segment because yeah. that was another important piece and and it, and it was interesting because as a result of that we also built up a ongoing database that we could use for, for other campaigns which which we did, yeah. Um, yeah and then when we, that yeah, strange, well, that's right because we had a whole range of new models starting to come out, and and I guess you know the lesson for me is that you know when you th go back to your point of strategy, you think of what you're trying to achieve, mm -hmm. and you realise you know it, you can actually. Um, have some great results. It doesn't have to cost a fortune. It doesn't have to go all in. You you, you really just need to think. And 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 another piece we learned was testing and learning. You know how do you test yeah. and and double test in order yeah. to refine your um your your campaigns. Yeah. And, and you know I really felt well that was a, a major outcome for me personally. The the power of um testing and not you know, throwing everything into one campaign and yeah. it's all gone. Yeah, You've yeah. got nothing in reserve, but if you just, you know, test the headlines or test the um, the call to action or the, yeah. the layouts and all the rest of it. So we did a lot of that on, even on our um, TV ads as mm. well. We started to, um, and, and when, I, when I take you back to Mazda then, I mean, it was very much a, uh, it was about, Seventh or eighth on the um, yep. on the, on the brand okay. awareness, so it was nowhere near what it, what it is today. Yeah. But we did a lot of 
things that none of the other uh, de uh, brands did, and that yeah. was to really think outside the box yeah. in order to, to make cut through. And part of the reason I, I enjoyed my time there is because I had an amazing marketing manager who, uh, you know, taught me a lot about, um, you know, thinking before you act, you know, yes. and being being a bit, con you know, and being considerate too about, you know, what are you, what are you actually doing? It's not, you're not here to win advertising awards, but to yes. really <clears throat> think hard about what you're trying to achieve. And, mm. and I got so much out of working for him. So he was a great mentor and yeah. and supporter to me, and I and I you know and in terms of my early stage career, it made such a big difference. Yeah. Mm. and how uh, the cool part about that whole campaign too, and that thinking, it's quite stealth. Yeah, you yeah. know, under the, the radar. Yeah, competitors and <coughs> aren't going to know about it till it's no, too late. Right? No, and that's what I love about you know direct marketing. Yeah. Um, it's it's actually directed marketing. You know, yeah. it's it's very much um, <clears throat> about the individual, and, and no matter what the channel or medium may be, you know, um, whether it's mail or whether it's uh, digital, you know, it, it's it's the it's the ability to do things that no one can see or no one else can. Yeah. And so for, for competitors, it's very hard. Yeah. As soon as you've got a loyal audience and customer base, um, and all you have to do is just find more like that, yeah. then it's just using your smarts to go yeah. out and say, where do we find them? You yeah. know, it's lookalikes, yeah. it's people that, totally. you know, um, maybe live in the same area or if, if you're a retailer <clears throat> or have the same kind of profile. And um, <clears throat> we can now with the resources available to us, achieve so much more in terms of how smart we we, yeah. we go through that process um and and the only i mean the only thing that we've got now got really to be mindful of is the rise of the privacy issue and yeah. how how we use that data and how we use that information and so long as we're respectful and we 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 follow the rules yeah i think you know we can we can actually do some smart things as marketers yeah. to you know and i know you're a great advocate because you you do amazing things yeah. with your clients that are exactly along that way you yeah. know you, you you think about the who and then the what and then mm. the how. Yeah. And the the funny part about that is like you can really get, you know, creative and resourceful. Yeah. You know, that's what I love. I remember when I started our, our search engine optimization business. Yeah. Um, you know, back in two thousand and I think it was maybe <laughs> two thousand and six, mm. maybe two thousand and seven. And we were we were sending wow. out um letters with five dollar notes. <laughs> funny and, that and it was real funny because <clears> the, <throat> the the headline was um, you know, we see your website hasn't climbed to the highest mountain, <laughs> and and we related the five dollar note because I had yeah, Serena and Hillary back, of course, on, right? Yeah, and yeah. So, so people and and we would say the reason we've written to you is is it's about money. Yeah, the five dollar yep. notes to buy a coffee, and the other is to you know yep. have five minutes of your time, and it was amazing how you know just a simple letter like that, but yep. but it targeted to the right people. Um, and we also did something really cool. I was actually telling someone the other day, we're, we're creating this letter for a campaign we're doing at the mm. moment, is we'll, we'll put the other competitors that we're mm. sending the letter to as well in the letter. <laughs> cool. Um, and so when we'd ring back, we'd get two, one or two responses. People would laugh and <laughs> yeah, go, yeah. No, no, I never got it. Can you send me another one? Oh. So you know they've got it. <laughs> they got um, it. Or they'd go, oh, yeah, sorry, we've been waiting for you to call. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so you know, that, those sort of premiums um, really, really work well. And um, <clears throat> an example, years later when I was working in Australia, um, I, I, one of my clients was Reader's Digest, you know, and they did, they were the masters of um, testing um, campaigns. Yeah. Uh, and it was all, you know, when you, I don't know if you get them now, but, but years ago you used to get these inundated with um, uh, subscription, uh, off, you yeah. know, um, incentive uh, letters. And um, 
one of the one of the most successful ones was was a, a campaign they ran in the states very very successfully, but they also tried it in Australia uh, when I was working for Australia Post, and that was um, uh, putting in a five cent piece a coin inside the um, uh, a card inside their letters, and that would go out to hundreds of thousands of people, and I and and there was a bit of a concern from Australia Post saying. Oh, we don't. We don't. We, well, you're not allowed to send money through the uh, the mail system yeah, for yeah, starters. Yeah. Coins, mm, yeah, they're they're a bit risky. And uh, secondly, you know, uh, what about the risk of theft and all that? Well, you'd have to steal probably a thousand <laughs> letters in order to get enough to buy yourself a coffee. You know, yeah. it was it was kind of um, not 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 valued enough. And the funny thing is, the five cent piece. Uh, in Australia, was re-identified as a um, as a token, not a not a coin, oh, right. because the yeah, because you had to do that in order to get it through the mail oh, system. Okay. So if it was a ten cent piece or a twenty cent piece, you might be in trouble because it's um, you, you legally you're not allowed to send uh, uh, money through the mailbox. So you, you know you got to got to be aware of some of these um, uh, these little flags. But um, Reader's Digest were able to do it, and they found that every time, and they were good at A/B testing. They did totally. you know they did some you know multiple. multiple multiple uh, um, campaigns that were um, segmented to the nth degree. Mm. And what they found is that, you know, when you test market that kind of offer to the right sort of audience, I mean, the subscription take-up was, was yeah. much more significant. Um, I used to work a lot with uh, non-profits in Australia, yep. and I mean, everything that we did was mostly around very much targeted uh, one-to-one type communication yep. campaigns. Um, and one of the most successful was the blind, um, uh, I think it was the... Um, well, I don't know what they call Vision Australia. Yeah. Um, anyway, they they were doing a, a campaign to build awareness of the guide dogs, yep. seeing eye dogs. And one of the campaigns they did was basically a pop out um, white cane, but it was a it was a paper one. But it it it, it was more or less a, a whole letter wow. piece that folded out into this um, wow. white cane. And the tactile tangibility of that yeah. um, went through the roof. And again, you know, we didn't have a lot of um, wriggle room with the budget to do too much testing, no. but they they realised that people love getting things that they yeah. could touch and feel and all the rest. So they did they did a re- they had a really successful. Um, bottom line result on that mm. one, and 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 it didn't cost a lot because it was more or less a die cut um, yeah. piece of paper, really, yeah. or a card. Um, and um, you know, one of my um, portfolio responsibilities at Australia Post was looking after a product we called Sensory Mail. So um, if I could find it, I would have brought one along. But it's basically anything to do that touch, taste, smell. And listen and hear. Um, so it was things like putting in um, uh, little speakers inside um, uh, letters that, uh, when you know, like your Christmas cards uh, that open up yep, and they sing yeah, at yeah. you. We we were doing the same for our yep. commercial clients to say, why don't you try this? We had another product called Scent Mail, yep. which was basically ink infused. Um, um, ink on paper that had a smell. So it could be the smell of bananas, the smell of a new car for a, for a car company. So, you know, these sorts of things. We had uh, what we call lenticular mailing pieces, which were pop-up mailing pieces. And uh, all of these things were just bringing life back into the yeah. the good old workhorse of yeah, yeah. Uh, direct mail marketing. And, and, it, and it, you know, it, was, it went off because what was also driving that shift, and this is, you know, kind of a, a resurgence, if you like, of mm. mail, was the data so so the ability to do smarter segmentation yeah. mean meant that a lot of businesses uh, could do a lot of smarts and I, I was working um, with Nestle in Australia for instance wow. and they were doing amazing stuff on their um, dog database dog owner database and their uh, cat owners yep. they had two different products I think Perima and they had another another one with cats and it was very much um, 
um, data led. So they built up a million um, names on their database wow. of people who own dogs or had an interest in dogs or responded to a campaign. And the, um, the, the, the head of marketing or the person I dealt with was a Kiwi as well. So she, we, we, you always hit it off with Kiwis yeah. when you're working in Australia. But she also was very, very smart on knowing the intricacies of how data could be, or yep. data could be the, the driver for, for things. And they, they did a lot of um, test, testing and segmentation right down to you know knowing the different areas or suburbs of um, uh, Sydney or Melbourne or, or Adelaide or, or Perth okay. where they could um, they could almost find out where the majority of their purchases were yeah. living and then find more around them who had the same attributes. Okay. attributes. So this is basically using you know kind of what propensity modeling being able to find out, you know, people who had similar attributes. Yeah. And, and that was interesting working with them because we were the delivery agent. So yeah. our job was, so they were doing a lot and we built another product we called Sample Post. Mm. And um, a lot of that was all about how to get little small samples in the post so that customers could experience, you know, um, maybe yes. it was a nappy if they were just yep. a young um, mother. Brilliant. It could be it could be um, dog or pet food, you know, for if you have a if you if they know you've got a dog or a yeah. cat. It could be um, you know a new um, and certainly for new product trials yeah. that stuff or whether it was local area marketing. Mm. So a lot of the stuff we were doing was built around franchisees yeah. as well. And uh, my job again was to get to the big, the bigger brands. I, I had a lot to do with Domino's and uh, um, some of those, um, oh, what were they, the coffee cultures, yeah. those sort of guys. And uh, again, it was all about local area marketing, using maybe, you know, coffee samples. Um, Makona Coffee was one of mine. Uh, I did a lot of work with them. And that was really exciting to just see how, you know, people were interested in trialing, yeah. and then the idea was to get them to buy. You know, yeah. so you'd use well, incentives and all sorts of and things. And that's the thing, though. Like, mm. if you look at the fundamentals, right? Yeah. So, so what these companies were doing, and this is where I guess the listener you can really learn from this and mm. unpack what's happening here. Mm. They they wanted to get attention, right? Yeah. So, so they're using a a method to get attention. They're, they're creating interest. Yep. Okay. Because you got to get attention, but at the same time, you got to get read, right? So, yep. so no point sending out a uh, a letter that's a cane and stuff, and people go, "Oh, that's 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 interesting," but <laughs> but you got to get it read, right? And yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's a lot of times today when people look at their advertising, yeah, you know, they they may get some attention, but they're not getting read, right? Correct. So Correct. so you got, you've got to create that interest, which yeah. then creates that desire. But, you know, because without it, hmm. once again, there, there's no there's no action, you yeah. know. And I think that's real key. Is yeah. you know, it's, I mean, there's a there is an investment in. Um, you know, putting in um, sound sound uh, chips and uh, you know doing fold outs yeah. and all that sort of thing. And he, and and um, when I was when I was here, we I went, uh, we had an agency um, and we were doing a number of these campaigns. And some of them were really you know quite clever. Uh, one one I really liked was a pop up beer can, and the beer can was basically a, 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 a sort of an, an attention getter yeah. uh, targeted to electricians. And the yeah. idea was to get them to fill out a survey, fill it out, send it back, and collect the data of um, you know. Um, electricians who were interested in certain products yeah. from our client at the time. And this little beer pop-out, um, it was really simple, but it was quite complex. Um, it had the name of the uh, recipient on it. Um, and uh, the idea was if they sent the, it was a great incentive, if they sent the um, uh, the survey back, the, the first 500 would get um, uh, would get a uh, free six-pack of, of beer. And what would send them, not the 
beer itself, yeah. but a voucher, and they yeah. could just go into any. And and so we we'd budgeted it, so we knew exactly what what our exposure was. Yeah. But we also knew that um, you know that's one of the because I asked a lot of electricians, and we, we, we you know what do they like to rec- well, what are they, what what turns you know what gets them motivated? Oh, beer and yeah, you know yeah, more exactly. beer or whatever. And you realize how you know you apply the the thinking principle and the yeah. and and the the whole piece around well mm. what what will get them out of bed mm. to do something and then. You know, building that database was worth the investment. Oh, yeah. So ongoing, they had they had a really hot list. You know, but, but a lot of your customers and uh, and the, the work you were doing, you're really dialing in the numbers. Like, were you looking at the numbers? Yeah, well, the whole you know, and and that's why I'm a big believer in the you know the the bottom line. Yeah. You know, drives the the you know whether the result is uh, you know is obviously. You know, beyond break even, and you, yeah. you really want to, um, and not all of them will will, will succeed. But that's a great mm. point of um, the test yeah. philosophy of being able to look at well, you know, maybe it didn't work. What what's not working? You know, yeah. and how do we go back and re-engineer the? You know, is it is it the headline? Is it the call to action? Yeah. Is it the body copy? Uh, is it too long? Is it too short? And those are testable things. So yeah. so you start. You know, the thinking as a direct marketer, yeah. you really do. You know, go through the hoops of being able to think <coughs> think about um, what you're trying to get at the other end. Yeah. Because sure as sure as eggs, you will find that um, you know dollar for dollar, your budget will go further when yeah. you start thinking about well, what are we trying to achieve here, and how yeah. can we invest the appropriate way up front yeah. in order to get you know. Um, and, and nowadays, you can bring in uh, digital activation. You yeah. can build in um, you know a whole range of other you know landing pages and other mm. things in the same way. So any any of these devices or, or um, uh, act- activation points yeah. are really powerful for just you know being able to sort of know what know what what's going on and know how to refine it. Yeah. But when you when you do a traditional brand campaign, you tend to have to you know build it and then put it out there, and yeah. you've really got no comeback. There's yeah. not a lot of um, uh, room to, to to adjust because once it's in market, you, mm. you you're committed. Um, but with with digital marketing and and direct marketing. The ability to sort of fine tune and and do things like you said before, you know, under the radar. Yeah. So you, you know, it's, it's not like you're blowing the whole market yeah. off. All you've done is, you know, I've seen some or heard stories of some pretty bad um, examples of direct marketing campaigns. Like um, one, this is many years ago, but it, it was a uh, a, ca- a campaign that um, a company sent out um, little sample uh, sample of. Um, uh, fertilizer and um, some of the bags broke in transit uh, oh. through the post network and of course you know asbestos alerts yes, and all yes. that sort of thing <laughs> anything that's sort of you know yeah. suspicious um, I think uh, back in the telecom days the, there was a case where they were doing a campaign to promote pages and um, they had they sent out little I don't know what it was. They maybe small uh, sample pages, but they they would go off in the mail, and that would you know ring and ding, and 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 that would be an alert. You know, could it be a bomb? Could it be anything? And so there are all these stories, and and the worst one of all was one of a company that sent out. Um, chrysalis uh, in the mail that was supposed to, you opened it up and out would fly butterflies, but obviously going through the mail system, again, not, not, a, good, not a good look <laughs> when most of them came out looking pretty squashed and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, but these are things that you learn, you know, but they're interesting lessons yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, and there's probably a lot more besides. Well, I think that's what marketing's about, right? Marketing's yeah. about learning. Yep, you know, absolutely. It's about learning and, and, and looking, hey, 
you know, understanding failures as well. I think yeah. that's one of the best uh, best yeah. things you can do is look at some failures and yeah. what did you learn from them, you know, yeah. and, and how to make things better yeah, well, for, for well, the next time. Way back when I was doing that um, uh, computer journal, I mean, I, I, I went with a company um, who was a bit of a, a challenger brand. And uh, funnily enough, Apple was a challenger brand yeah. back then. And they yeah. um, they weren't even, um, they, they were just starting starting uh, starting out, actually. They, mm. they didn't have much of a presence in New Zealand, but they were doing some really interesting things, just trying to get their name known and this is back in the day when the apple logo was actually in uh, colors it had yeah. all these different uh, yeah. rainbow colors on it but um there was a it wasn't them but another company um wanted to put an ad in in the magazine and they were like trying to be like the, the the cowboys trying to have a go at every competitor and they they came up with this ad and it and and uh, silly me i thought oh that's a funny ad you know yeah, look, yeah. you can see who they were talking taking pot shots at. Yeah, yeah. and then you realize that you know as soon as it was published it was out there and then yeah. all the other our advertisers yeah. and you know, start um, readers start. Yeah, so we had to we had to do some uh, damage control, <laughs> damage control. and I learned, I learned a lesson there because my boss wasn't too happy. But you know, we we figured well, we weren't to know, and we we defended it, and we said, look, you know, at the end of it, um, it was a mistake. We we accept it, we apologise, and you move on. Yeah, and if, and it all calmed down, you yeah. know, and it's and as so long as you are um, adult enough to take ownership and responsibility yeah. and you know and, and it's that service recovery element you know and yeah. in, in, in what we were doing as a publisher but also uh, you know trying to do trying to be seen to do the right thing yeah. and actually doing it yeah and that's the authenticity of, yeah. of um, staying true you know and we, we, we said to our uh, the client we well we won't be doing that again and uh, we'll have to come up with something else and we did and, and he was happy yeah. and he thought he could get away you know he was pushing as hard as he could to yeah, get away yeah. with it but you get that and you know there are <laughs> there are sometimes those gimmicks and those things that don't always work, you know, but, no. um, you know, got to give it a go yeah, sometimes. Yeah, we've all had things that now. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, that's right. But but if we didn't, you know, if we yeah. didn't learn from it. Hey, let's look at, let's look at um, you mentioned AI. I'm yeah. keen to talk to you, get your thoughts on AI and yeah. where you see it happening and also want to talk a wee bit about the stuff <laughs> that you're doing at yeah. the university there. But but uh, let's go to AI first. Where, yeah. where do you see the, the lay of the land here? Yeah, well, I... You um, started to use it? Yeah, well, I anticipated that question because yeah. I, I, I came here and then what is the future of... Um, Marketing, or how will I, actually how will AI impact on the way social media marketing is used yeah. by businesses and mm. and so on? Because the re, you know what, I actually asked uh, AI to uh, answer this question <laughs> for me, and they said no, I no, I shouldn't tell you that because um, you know uh, there, there will be an impact. Um, mm. not, I'm not speaking to script here, yeah. but you know it, it's it's funny because that's kind of what we're using it and yeah. for to to I guess figure out things, but. The other side of it is also, um, you know, to give us back some time, yeah. give us back the ability to, to I mean, if, I think ultimately the human input and element is absolutely crucial and, yeah. and absolutely uh, sacrosanct. I mean, it's, it's, it's important that um, we don't just defer all our decision making to no. machine learning or yeah. to 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 the um, you know to the machine in the in in, he, in here. We we you know chatbots and and all the rest of it. It will be an an enhanced tool yeah. that will super super speed a lot of things that we have you know. It's taken us a while, but where I also see AI being a, a major um, advantage is in the the back end side of um, e, you know um, e commerce. And yeah. some of the um, I, I was reading you know recently of a, a local business who's using AI f to help customers make better choices when they yeah. go through um, the shopping process yeah, totally. online. Yeah. Um, that sort of stuff I think is amazing. Yeah. You know, so how do you find how do you use it to 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 to, to make it easier for customers to do business yeah. with you? So when you apply that type of principle and you start seeing it not as a default um, 
for yourself to, to not have to come up with anything, yeah, yeah. Um, but more as a way to enhance the service delivery uh, yeah. deliverables that you are, are bringing into market. I think that's where it can play a yeah. really important part. And there's definitely um, you know things that can do around smarts on um, you know analytics, maybe on on you know okay, you can use it for copywriting, you can use it for those sorts of things. Mm. But ultimately, you still need a human touch to be able mm. to bring bring it to life. You know, yeah. and and I don't think um, you know AI is quite there yet, and I don't think the intention is to have it um, replacing humans no. in in terms of the of the process. So the, you know, it, it it it's got a lot of people worried, but it's also got a lot of people yeah. excited about yeah. the possibilities. And I'm one of those latter yeah. ones, you know, where so, where you know it it can be a real um, you know it could be an amazing tool for where it takes us. And I think um, you know how we how we choose to use it is really about you know. Um, using it ethically, using yeah. it you know smartly, using it with um, you know with 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 a bit of intelligence and, yeah. and of your own in order to you know to 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 do better work yeah. you know and get totally. better get better um, outcomes. But it, it is a it is an interesting one because you know we 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 will start to um, see more of it in use and it will become more the mm. you know the go to. But it's also I think we'll we'll. You know, there will be um, how would I call it uh, um, a balancing act of of actually how do we make sure that um, you know it doesn't go too far that yeah. way. You know, yeah, totally. It's really it's an interesting mm. one. You know, for me personally, I'm, I'm on the the AI side of of really you know challenging it and and wanting to you know yep. if I've got a goal to save twenty hours a week. Yep. Okay, I want to use AI to save twenty hours mm. a week. I've got a I've got my team in there doing stuff and looking to where they can save. Um, hours a week you, yep. you're doing it and enhancing yep. what they're doing and looking at different technologies. Um, and, you know, a simple thing, uh, I have a, a auto AI, yep. uh, which is, you know, takes notes and that sort of stuff. I get it Great. to some meetings now. Yeah. So huh. it goes to meetings for me. Um, <laughs> I'm part of a group in America and some of the meetings I can't go to. Yeah, yeah. So the AI will go to the meeting, it will yep. transcribe the meeting, it will then highlight the key points of that Fantastic. meeting. Fantastic. Um, and I know from one the other day, like yeah. I didn't need to be at all that meeting, but I wanted no. to watch probably 10 minutes of, of that meeting. So yeah, yeah. it highlighted for me, transcribed that part for me, and then gave me the segments of the of that video that I wanted to watch. Hmm. Um, so that, that you know, that for me would have been an hour and a half, yeah, yeah. You know, down to 10 minutes yep. uh, to the content that I wanted and I needed, you yep. know. And, and so for and me... And that, that's, that's a great, you know, it's a, it's a it's an assistant and a curator, you know, yeah. and, it, and it, it will compile and it will edit and it will, you know, and it will give you back time yeah. because that's, you know... Um, what are the the three essentials in marketing? Time, attention, trust. Yeah. You know, and and time is certainly something no, none of us have any more of yeah. than we've ever had. Um, but being able to use it more yeah. effectively, you know, that's why I love um, you know certain tools that, that you use for um, bringing back some of that, getting clawing back some of that time yeah. in your day. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's you know, I used to use Firefly, and you, you know we use yep. I use Zoom quite a bit, you know, just as yeah. needed to yeah. to save time having to, to go to physical meetings. Yeah. But I still like the face to face. I still yeah. like the one on one stuff. But you you can you know use the um, you know AI as that kind of tool to help yeah. get you back. I think I think customer service, time. customer service is another big one. Yep. I saw one the other day. Um, I'm getting some panels put in, in my new office, and I wanted to know. Um, I knew how the size of the panels I wanted, so yeah. I sent through some requests 
to ask how many panels would I need to buy. Yep. And, and funnily enough, people came back with, uh, <laughs> you should get a, um, a handyman to tell you. So I just oh. put in the chat GPT yeah. and it told me straight away. Wow. I was thinking, if, you knew, if you knew that technology yeah. existed, you could have <laughs> given me the answer. Then you could have told me here, yeah. here's the link to buy them and I would have bought them. You know? Absolutely. So <laughs> if you're smart, yeah. all those hard questions that you get, you'll put it through that system. Yep. But look, I, I, think that's, I think that's the next iteration is how we, you know, like uh, even some of the question, responses that said, you know, you know, we'll start to see a you know blending of mobile and video mm. and and um, you know voice search and all these other sort of tools totally. that will come in and 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 be almost totally seamless, you know. Mm. But they they will make. I mean, it comes back to making life easier for mm. your customer. And uh, if you've got a query or a question, you know, the, you go back to the old search days. It would bring you back a whole bunch of um, options, but you had to go through and work it all out. You know, this this sort of aggregates all of that stuff, yeah. and it brings it back to you in a much more, uh, you know, intelligent way. And so long as the content is believable and yeah. is and is true, yeah. then you know, and and that's still where it's learning, and that's still mm. where it's got a way to go. But it will get better, you know. And I guess right. the thing about it is, it is yeah. a it is an improving tool. Well, they um, I watched a, um, there's a. Um, a new TED talk out by um, one of the guys, Greg. I just read that. Yeah, yeah I just read. I uh, just sorry, listened to that, yeah. and uh, and that was right? it was interesting. Yeah, with Ray Anderson, was it yeah. Ray Anderson? Yeah, definitely but, uh, checking what's going on, right? Correct. I think that's yeah. really cool. How they yeah they are they have pushed the boundaries of being the first. Yeah. Um, but they are looking at it right in the face yeah. of going, hey, you know, this is this is technology. Yeah. We can't hide from it. No. So let's learn from it. And yeah, be part I mean, of you know, they they described it as the Pandora's box, you know, but it, it is yeah. it is it is a bit that it's a genie in the bottle, you know. It, but but once it's out and once it's out there, you know, it's not going to stop other yeah. other organisations yeah. developing their own versions. Yeah. We we just have to maintain some sort of oversight. Yeah. I think at the end of it is it's a human. Cool. Yeah, they've bought it out. OpenAI mm. bought it out because yeah. it's not a Facebook or it's Meta or, no, or Google, no. No. Um, which people will. Depending on what side you sit on, would have an instance distrust for. Correct. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So, so yeah. they've kind of come out first. Yeah, and and but, I mean they've said okay, they've got Microsoft in there, but yeah. I think they're very uh, they're much more believable because of their place in this market and yeah. and how no one even you know even the question was raised. Well, no one had ever heard of you, and suddenly yeah. you're the, yeah. the everyone's talking about yeah. you. How does you know? And, yeah. and what was it? It took uh, five days to hit a to yeah. hit a million yeah. uh, users. You know, and I and I I, um, I certainly saw the potential um, early on. When it first came out, but uh, didn't quite understand, mm. you know, the what and the where and, and how yep. it was going to evolve. But you can sort of see it now, and, and we're certainly seeing more people jumping in and saying, "Well, I can maybe I can commercialize pieces of it or turn it yeah. into something." Yeah. And maybe, you know, it's yeah. it's it, it, there is certainly an advantage in being first in. Um, but again, it's not just about a money making machine, but no. it's also how you know, if your goal is to get more hours out of the day, someone else might be, "Well, how can I get more incremental in, in yeah. revenue coming yeah. out?" All of those things are are achievable yeah. so long as you know you you maintain control over it rather than yeah. it controlling you. Yeah. It's interesting. We're just about to do a seminar run where where we teach a whole people about how we're using it. We're starting with their clients first, okay, and showing them behind the scenes of Fantastic. what we're doing. Yep, um, because it's not like the the the, the buzz is the ChatGPT, but there's yep. a whole bunch of AI yep. that we've been using probably for the last you know nearly two years. Yeah, um, that that's available to people. So we want to show them, you know, like yep. and hey, you don't oh, be scared it. of this thing. No, you need. To, you need to run to it and, yeah. and be part of it and be part of its uh, evolution. Well, I think online uh, retail and online e-commerce mm. and social commerce and so on is going to be a, a big, big, um, going to have some real interesting things evolve because, mm. you know, being able to um, make 
shopping choices a lot quicker or yeah. being able to sort of see more of the possibilities, you know. Yeah. And then when you start blending in um, other um, apps and other pieces around imagery and videos and yeah. other things, you know, it, it will be able to – the possibilities, you know, yeah. that's that's what it will give. Yeah. And then you'll start to – I think, in, you know, the engagement process, like you say about customer service, they all start to blend seamlessly into yeah. this, um, you know, real – uh, value enhanced sort of relationship yeah. between you know the business and the and the user. The uh, one other advantage around AI um, that I didn't mention is that for it, it doesn't matter whether you're big or small business. So yeah. I think if you're a one one person business sitting yeah. at home, you can use it. If you're a small retailer, you yeah. can use it. If you're a, a tradie or you you know yeah. you, you can if you sit down and step back from from the business yeah. and start working in the business yeah. and think about all these processes and opportunities well, to use it you, that, you can be as as competitive and as yeah. well known as uh, as a big brand yeah. you and know? that's one of the challenges i challenge my team all right let's yeah. get one hour back let's get yeah. two hours back and yeah. then let's show the people how you can get some hours back because yeah. everyone's busy right everyone's Absolutely. busy and everyone's stressed yeah okay how do we use technology and i've always looked at technology it's just you're to leverage technology correct Yep. So, so yes. Yeah, so oh no, it's it's it's, it's going to be a uh, uh, what do they call it? It's going to be a, a bumpy ride, but yeah. uh, where it takes us, uh, yeah. I think it's going to be rather exciting. And there's going to be some, uh, you know, you just have to be open to it. And yeah. and uh, you know, it's one of those things that um, everyone's talking about it. You know, what do they say? It's like uh, you know, <laughs> sick. You know, everyone talks about it. No one yeah. knows yeah. who's doing it well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but uh, one day we might see see the results. And 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 also it'll become embedded in so many things. You know, it'll take the the Siri or the mm. um, you know those uh, voice activated um, yeah. helpers into the next stage of yeah. of really coming yeah. coming to life. You yeah, know? you won't and, be able to tell the difference. Right? No, you won't. And and you know uh, it's scary in, on one hand, um, but I think. Let's well, it's out. You know, yeah. it's it's there. So we yeah. just have to well, find a way yeah. to make the most of More it. More people have access to it. So. Absolutely. Okay. So let's hmm. talk about. You know, you you're doing some stuff at the UC and you're helping yeah. some young people there. Yeah. Um. What 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 are you doing there and what are you seeing? Because I think. You know, I employ a whole bunch of people with a degree, um, yep. and some of them just don't understand marketing. Yeah. Till, till, you know, when you get well, I, I I love um, I love you know if you like sharing my knowledge. Yeah. Um, you know, getting to a point where you've got a bit of experience now. Yeah, totally. And um, you know, it's it, it's great. I mean, I I um, I guess when I come in and, and I wear two hats. One one is um, representing the marketing association, yep. and I talk a lot about the careers in marketing, oh, which is something that um, a lot of them are now interested in. Yeah. And through the the EMA, uh, we, we've, you know, we're, we're introducing a thing called the Emerging Marketers Group, mm -hmm. which is designed to help young um, marketers studying at university to be a bridge into the real world. Oh. So, so we've tested it in Auckland University, and um, we've we've had different ones uh, inside University of Canterbury and um, Otago. Uh, we're hoping to do the same at Lincoln, and, and just to be the advocate to bring some of those uh, the interest from from younger yeah. people who are into their final year of study as to what next, you know. Mm. Uh, so so at Canterbury we have I think um, about three hundred plus students studying marketing in yep. some shape or form. Um, I've got a speak to them in, a, in about two weeks time about you know the careers yeah. and where marketing is going and talking mm. about AI and all those sorts of things but um, you know it's it's an interesting um, space because the, I think a lot of young people now see that it's almost a must-have skill yeah. when you go out regardless of what else you're studying if yeah. you're studying science yeah, or yeah. you're studying um, uh, business or you're studying law or, or medicine you know having a, a, at least a knowledge of marketing mm. is a real asset and you know like 
back in my day, there wasn't a lot of focus on marketing per se yeah. as a career. But today it's like, well, I can either go in all in and yeah. take it as a major career, yeah, yeah. or I can at least have it in my school, in my uh, toolbox and mm. of uh, being able to work out, th- out there and know a bit about it. So I, um, I also teach um, uh, digital marketing at the um, uh, University of Canterbury. Cool. And I've also taken a number of courses through um, the Polytechnic here um, over the last few years. It's been a bit difficult with COVID and, and all those uh, pressures. But uh, this year, it's it's a new one for me. Um, and, and it's also uh, targeted to young people who are looking at learning about this thing called digital marketing, yeah. not knowing a lot of it. Um, I know you're coming in as a speaker uh, yeah. to, to address the group. Um, and and I guess for me, it's, it's like, well, let's bring together all that information, knowledge and, and experience that I've had over the years and bring in people like yourself and others who can add add to that and, and not just base it on the theory of a, yeah. of a textbook. Yeah. Because as you know, whatever happens in digital marketing is redundant almost yeah. you know, the day it's written. Yeah, yeah. So you have to keep moving it and changing it. And even the material from 12 months ago when it was first uh, run uh, by, by a predecessor, um, the, the, a lot of the content has changed, you know, yeah. and, and a lot of it is the technical elements under the hood, mm. which uh, probably similar but, but have moved on quite yeah. a bit. Um, so it's an evolving skill, which I think is, 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 a, is an amazing one to, to work with the young, yeah. young ones coming through. And I think also the interest now in having that skill set for them as to how to actually you know, get a job in the real world yeah. and start start on their yeah. journey. It's interesting because they're really native to the tech, right? Oh, like I've absolutely. Got some, a number of young people that work for me, been through the university, hmm. uh, but they're just so native to the tech. Yeah. Like they, they get the technology really, really quickly, really, well, really fast. Well, as in my class, because, yeah. you know, most of them would be under 25, uh, maybe younger, mm. and uh, majority are uh, foreign students, uh, internationals, and a lot are female. So I've actually got a class which I would say is 80 to 90% female wow. which i think is interesting because that is a is a major indication of the yeah. trend if you like in this yeah. in this industry yeah. um and i think it's an exciting one yeah. because we're you know we're because they, they they really ask the hard questions they're, they're highly motivated eager to learn and every single one of them in that class are on a device yeah, you know yeah. so they will be on a laptop or on a phone or yeah. whatever and and once upon a time i used to go in australia i used to speak to a lot of uh, university students and uh, I'd get quite angry about them being on phones and all the rest yeah. of it. Um, but until I realised, you know, that that's their way of absorbing information. Yes. And whether you're talking, you know, at the front of the room, you know, they they, they understand a lot more of it if they've got their yeah. device in front of them. Yeah. So so I'm more much more relaxed. Yeah. But I, I did go through a phase, and it was probably <laughs> the fact that I'm, a, you know, a slightly different era. Uh, but it but it is indicative, if you like, of you know, it's just that arm's length media that yeah. they have it always at, at that. On the in their hand, uh, you know, right there in front of them, yeah. they can reach it, they can get to it, and um, you know, and and now we're seeing the integration of all these things, you know, all these devices. They all, you know, they all talk at the same time. They all talk in the same language. They can, mm. they can, you know, uh, using AI, they can translate live. You yeah, know, yeah. you've got you've got real um, ability to sort of lift lift your, um, you know, 
talking of AI, I mean, in that environment, I, I encourage that students have an interest in it. And I know there's a bit of fear about um, use, of, use of AI as a, as a, as a um, way of uh, cheating and all yeah. that sort of thing. But in my book, it's actually something they need to be aware of totally. and, and absolutely across because yeah. it's an essential part of where they're going if they want to take a career out of this. And I think if you're going to take a career in, in, in the future, you need to yeah. work on your creative skills. Correct. Your, your, your ability to speak, your ability to communicate, yeah. your ability to, to get a message across. Yep. Uh, is going to be so important versus yeah. the well, you know. You know I, I know you were looking for sort of tips and lessons and things, and one yeah. of the ones that um, you know, whenever anyone asks me, you know, particularly young people, they'll come up and say, "Well, you know, what would be a, you know, what would be one of the things that you would advise that I do in order to get ahead, you know, yeah. as a as a career tip?" And I say, "Well, one thing that helped me many years ago, and I guarantee it will help you today, is go out and join something like Toastmasters yeah. and get yourself, throw yourself into that, you know, because you know, just learn to think on your feet, learn to speak on your feet, and uh, get all those butterflies that you get when you speak yeah. to fly in formation, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's basically uh, one." one thing that helped me back in the day yeah. and uh, I, I know a lot of young people have, have been doing that uh, you know and there's actually a, 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 I'm not sure but I, I would say there's a bit of a, an uptick in um, membership of Toastmaster clubs yeah. because you know those are the sort of groups that help give you the ability to um, to think and to speak and to um, you know to be you know um, proactive you know yeah. to, to get out there and and, and make T things happen you tell know my team all the time that, yeah, you know, like yeah. I did, I did Toastmasters myself. Mm. I did a course in speechcraft. It was amazing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've got a great story around that. But yeah. but that is the thing that's going to yeah. stand out. That's yeah, and, and I've got um, uh, you know I've got a project for my students at the moment where a big part of it will be um, their ability to get up and present yeah. their ideas because they're working on a on a project for a real client and right. having the real client in the room. You know, nice. so um, and that's not to intimidate them. That is to say, this is what happens in real, real life, yeah. and it will you know it'll be something they will have to encounter. To more, you know, time and time again yeah. as they graduate and get on. Yeah. So it's it's a real, um, you know, I, I, I enjoy. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited by that process and by working with them and and uh, you know and also learning from them. Yeah. You know, and as as a teacher, I, cool, I find yeah. the biggest yeah. thrill for me is that it's forced me to go back to the the textbooks and yeah. the and the guidebooks and and really you know um, validate yeah. how. Uh, robust my knowledge actually is because yeah, yeah. you know I, I as I said I, I went through courses where it was radio it was television it was newspapers yeah. nowadays it's a whole different skill yeah. set it's a whole different channel space but you know never too late and right. there's there's so much as the more you kind of scratch the surface the more there is to learn yeah, yeah. oh totally and, yeah. and I think that's the yeah well you've got to have that desire to learn right and yeah. I think you've got the desire to learn and to be open to this you'll always be on that front foot, Correct. which which is yeah. you know, so, so the students are in good hands there because oh, well. <laughs> it's uh, you know, well the thing is you bring a depth of experience from yeah. the real world yeah. into not just a textbook, right? So well, so I'm I'm really enthused by the fact that you know nearly all of them without a without a without a doubt have potential and a there to learn and yeah. they're keen you know yeah. they 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 they're engaged and you know even with the machines and and devices around them you know they you can tell that soaking it up and the questions they throw yeah. back at me etc it, it's it, it's that mutual trust and that yeah. mutual um win-win about you know that that 
That's I awesome. can, they can teach me things and, and I do, you know, yeah. it's, it's all that. So, so to me, it, you know, it's, it's a good part of the education piece and it's something at my stage that I'm really value and enjoy. And I, and mm. like I said earlier, I also do a bit of mentoring with businesses in the yes. same way. So I, I, um, I've recently, um, moved on to the National Board of Business Mentors New Zealand and that takes back takes me back to years ago when I became first became one and you know over the years I've helped a number of businesses and small businesses to you know to, to just work out marketing or ideas yeah. or and and some of it comes out of the university as well through their entrepreneur schools so nice. so I've, I've I've worked with all sorts of different uh, startups and uh, I've got about three or four exciting ones in drones ones in in a new um uh um uh, platform for financial uh, access. Another one is yeah, um, uh, drones and swarms of drones, and wow. how to use that for firefighting. And and others are, are um, you know are, are doing work in the rainbow community. It's really Ooh. amazing the yeah, yeah. variety, but it's bringing I guess the knowledge of core business and, yeah. and marketing um, expertise to yeah, help, help them, them out. The yeah, and it's it's a cool. part of that when um, giving back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Michael, this has been a great chat. And, yeah, and sorry, I could go on and on, no, but I, no, I know yeah, time no, is... No, uh, and it's been fantastic. I see you got a book there. Yeah, well, I wanted to, I wanted uh, to reference it, if I may. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I know Malcolm, he's a, he, I bet yeah. he was in a book. Maybe yeah. Just move that there. I was in a yeah. book, uh, Secrets of Marketing Exposed. Exposed. was the only Kiwi in it, and he was... Yeah. Uh, I really liked him. Uh, I've read a lot about with yeah. him and, and talked a number of times with yeah. him. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a really... Well, what I like is he personalised it, you know, Um, and I'm actually quoted in here somewhere as well. But some of the some of the things that I worked on um, uh, are actually in here as case studies, which are which are really good. This is his latest one, and he he released it I think late last year. um, And I just wanted to mention it because it's one of those books that um, you know he's it's very pragmatic, very you know basic, but in in a lot of the things. But then again, the basics work, yeah. And it's direct mail for real digital. The real digital. Yeah, for yeah. real does. And I, I just wanted to reference this too. I don't know if you're familiar with this one. This is a magazine that um, is called Courier, and it would be the best little um, book uh, magazine for small business I've, oh, I've really? come across. Absolutely. Oh, wow. um, it's English, and it is uh, a monthly that comes out um, from the UK. Um, I get it when I can. There's not many bookstores yeah. that um, uh, stock it. But it's all about um, – I think um, MailChimp have a big input into I'm this, but they nice. – they, uh, uh, provide a lot of the material, um, but it's really good for business, um, you know, basic startups, and cool. it's not uh, too complicated for anyone right. to get something out of. But oh. it's, I, I like it because you know it's just a, a regular um, book yeah. that not many people know about. Yeah, so yeah, definitely, I'll I put that on the, on the yeah. read list. Okay, so anyway, so that's uh, that's just a couple there. I'm going to put you on the spot. Hmm. Okay, so hmm. if you're a business and you are. You know, you're looking at maybe potentially going recession times. Things that are getting tougher. Mm. Uh, from a marketing perspective, what what are you? What are the top five things you recommend people do? <laughs> top five. Well, the first thing I'd suggest is don't turn off your marketing. Don't turn off your advertising. Um, I was looking at some statistics yesterday, and it, and these were uh, from the last recession in 2008, and they had um, taken some. Uh, uh, surveys over a period of time and found that those that turned off their marketing and advertising and tried to save money uh, actually went backwards. But those who skipped the pressure up yeah. got through it and came out stronger right. than before. So the first thing is don't turn off your marketing. Nice. Second one is to 
think about what marketing you are doing yeah. and keep refining, you know, and, and going back to that, uh, the, you know, test and learn, you know, yeah. see see what could be working better, what could be, you know, and, and I guess the third one is really know your customer yeah. inside out and back to front. Um, you know, it, we talk about it and we all talk about customer facing and yeah, yeah. customer first, yeah. but I, I really think, you know, we, we sometimes get glib about it and, and now well, we I have to be... You need to know where they are now. Yeah, correct. You know, yeah. because like, just like the 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 you know people before you could sell you could sell vitamins and people will be loving it but now yeah. you just need to sell painkillers because people are feeling the pain right Correct. so the yep. message you had you know a year ago is not the message you had now no. you know you need to you need to match them where they are a- now absolutely and and you know and I, I agree i think um you know they're, they're on a journey as much as you mm. are you know so totally. you've got to just align yourself to where they yeah. are on that journey and not don't be 10 paces behind um the fourth one i was going to say is really th- um, think about um, the data, you know, I mean, the information base. It's not just knowing your customers, but yeah. also reading the, the information and the knowledge that comes out of it. You know, we talk about things like net promoter scores. Mm. And I know you talked about one recently on called LTV, the yeah. lifetime value. Mm. I've always been a big advocate of that. And I often think, you know, think about how often you go to the supermarket and how much you spend and what you spend it on. Yeah. You know, that's more than what the supermarkets know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they're, they're drowning in this information, yeah. but do they use it effectively, yeah. you know, or yeah. efficiently? And I think there's something to be learned from, you know, buyer um, behavior changes. Mm. You know, we're now starting to go from the, the A premium um, products to perhaps because of um, uh, the cash flow crisis, you know, the yeah. um, um, checkbook crisis and mm. all the rest of it to, you know, changing our beh- habits. But yeah. How proactive are you know are, are shoppers and retail yeah. sorry retailers um, responding to that? And the fifth point is um, the power of word of mouth. You know, mm. um, and I know you know it, it, we were talking about or you talk about systems a lot, and you know it's it's actually not an accident that good word of mouth happens, no. and a lot of it is the back end stuff. You know, whether it's marketing automation, yeah. automation driving it, or whether it's just your own you know card system, you yeah, know yeah. whatever whatever works for you. Um, try and build that positive word of mouth mm. so so that you know you can amplify your message and that's that you know that, that it's, it's it, it, I guess response money can't buy you know yeah. it, it is the the golden goose of um, yeah. of, of good marketing you know yeah. getting people to go out and be your um, gold-plated advocate you know mm. so we from my days from direct mail to magazines um, to digital you know, those that particularly word of mouth is the fundamental, you yeah. know, and all we're doing is supercharging word of mouth using the tools today, yeah. you know, and using uh, the digital um, channels, the social media channels. The, I mean, I love all that stuff, you know, but often it's just like blasting everyone we can in order yeah. to get as many people to like yeah. us. But, but you know, think about it and think about how you can build a positive story yeah. that reinforces and amplifies your brand, you yeah. know, because the nice. brand still is the key. So yeah. I think there's five in there. But, five but those are, those are just, those are I, just some takeaways. I totally agree. Don't turn off your marketing. I've seen mm. this time and time yeah. again with the clients that we have. Yeah. Uh, our most successful clients grow their 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 market share by growing their mind share yeah. with yeah. their customers in, in bad times. They, they they do it all the time. Um, think about your marketing, refine it, you know, be prepared to test and measure, align with your market, use the data and then the power of word uh, of word of mouth. Mm. I, I really believe, you know, right now you should get known by the success of your clients. You yeah, know? for sure. Um, more more case studies, more testimonials, more videos. Yep. Yep. We've done all of that la- late last year because we know this period is coming. Yeah, uh, and we want to we want to get closer to our clients and have yep. them bringing you know more of the customers yeah. in to us as well. So well, I, I I guess I'll, I'll end by saying you know if you want to double your business, you just find out who you. 
your gold plated customers are yeah. at the top of the pyramid and try and find you know one or two more just like each one of them yeah. and i you know you'll you'll find that there will be more accuracy less waste more um better relationships better profit bottom line profitability yeah. you know and those things help to build successful businesses and you, you know any business that looks after the bottom line the top line you know if you look after the top line the bottom line will look after itself yeah. you know and i think you know there's definitely wisdom in some of those uh, yeah, that, that philosophy so. yeah and i really appreciate it. this has been a great chair and what a, yeah. what a great place to finish so, yeah. i appreciate your time no i appreciate I know you're a busy man so um thank you and thank you um, <laughs> once again hey if you really enjoyed this episode make sure you please share it um, you know, with business owners that you know, or share it with some people that even, you know, going to university or thinking about mm. uh, being in university. If you're a young student and you're looking to get some help, uh, make sure you check out Michael at uh, the University of Canterbury as well. Uh, just also, if people want to get hold of you through your own business, what's the uh, Well, I, 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 um, I, I keep a fairly uh, low key approach, I guess, but um, generally, um, LinkedIn is my best uh, yeah. go to. Uh, it's it's um, it, it tends to work very well for me. Sure. I, I find it as a you know, it's just a go to for cool. um, connections and all right. Well, we'll link so, to Michael in the show notes, and yeah. uh, you can connect with him there. All right, guys, thanks for your time, and have a great day. Hi, Scolson here again. Hey, thanks for listening to the Marketing for Business podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen and we hope that you learned a lot from today's episode. Uh, if you could be so kind as to rate and share the podcast with your other business friends and colleagues, that'd be awesome. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, why don't you head over to our website, www.getdigitalinfluence.com, uh, where we've got a whole bunch of other amazing interviews with business owners. Thanks for your time and have a great day.